Welcome to the Ranking Things Podcast, the production of Jason Davis Voiceover. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. I'm Jason Davis. And I'm Sue Manzik Davis. And we are going to rank our top five Yacht Rock songs. This was hard. It was really hard to do. But once I did it, I was like, yes, I'm ready to talk about this. Okay, cool. So let's talk a little bit about Yacht Rock. The term Yacht Rock didn't exist until the year 2005, when the makers of the online Channel 101 web series, Yacht Rock, came up with it. They said that this kind of music really had an association with the Southern California leisure activity of sailing. Yacht Rock itself is characterized by glossy production, Uh breezy vocals, and bouncy rhythms. Oh, okay. All elements thought to evoke relaxing bay cruises in Southern California where the genre originated. Okay. So the Yacht Rock era began roughly around 1976. 1976. Roughly. Roughly. That was the year that one of the Yacht Rock gods, Kenny Loggins, split with his partner, Jim Messina. Okay. And went out to do a solo career. And the same year, Michael McDonald, the other god of Yacht Rock, joined the (laughs) Juby Brothers. Oh, wow. So that was kind of like a real pivotal year, which is interesting because you're going to find out that maybe a few of mine come from before 1976. But Which brings me to a point. We became really big fans of Yacht Rock more recently because we discovered Yacht Rock Radio on WCTG when we were in Saxis visiting Eric and Kathy. Right. Changed our lives. Yeah. They stream on Mm -hmm. the internet, so we listen every Sunday morning. Yeah. All of a sudden, we were discovering all these songs and artists that we were sort of familiar with. We're like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. There's a website called Yacht or Nyat. Mm-hmm. That's the same people that did Channel 101. Right. So they have very specific guidelines, yeah. I guess, for how what they consider Yacht Rock. And it turns out that a lot of the stuff they play on Yacht Rock Radio and that we consider Yacht Rock, they don't. Exactly. So when I came up with my top five lists, I actually stood to what they considered Yacht Rock. They give it a score. And if it averages 50 points or more, it's considered Yacht Rock. Okay. If, and if it doesn't, then it's not. Some of the songs that I have on my list aren't even on their list. So I but, sort of limited myself, but you didn't. Yeah. I mean, which is fine. I mean, my heart belongs to Captain Adam and YachtRockRadio.com. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different <laughs> definitions, I guess, now. I mean, it sort of has taken on a life of its own. But I tried to be, for at least my top five, tried to be true to the, the original vision of the guys who created this phrase. That's good of you. I didn't. And then, you know, when we start talking about things that almost made the top five, then I'll pop the cork on the other stuff. Okay. Okay. It's just such a, a nice nostalgia. Yeah, it is. To hear these songs. I mean... It's relaxing. It really is. completely vanilla. They're oh, absolutely. mild-mannered. And there may be songs that kind of come up on the list, but then they'll say, ooh, the lyrics are a little dark for Yacht Rock. And when you think of it and you look at the lyrics and you go, really? I didn't think so. All right. So why don't we jump in? Okay. Because the name of the podcast is Ranking Things. That it is. So I'm going to defer to you. Number five on your top five Yacht Rock favorites. Okay. So you know how you say that you were very strict sticking to your, you know, 50 out of 100 scale and all of that? Right. For me, I used songs that we were, we've been hearing on Yacht Rock Radio. Right. I actually came up with two rules of my own. Oh. And these may seem strange to you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to throw them out there. Around the time that Yacht Rock was popular, 
I was young. I listened to the radio in my room mostly. Okay. Now, I had a great bedroom, and I had this little radio, and it was yellow, because mm-hmm. yellow's always been a favorite color of mine, and it looked like a ball. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Oh, it was so wonderful. And it mostly just, I think it was AM. I don't even know if it had FM. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we I'm sure were AM, AM kids, right? Oh, yeah. 1970s, for yeah. sure. My number one rule is I have to remember hearing it coming out of that radio. Oh, okay. Wow. You're really... That limiting yourself a little bit. Sense memory. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. All right. Number two. I don't know if you've ever done this or if it's more of a girl thing, but if I really liked a song, I would sing along with it. Not just sing along with it. I would get up, grab my hairbrush and use it as a microphone and either sing into the mirror or just sing to an imaginary audience in my room, acting it out. That's pretty cool. Well, you're a performer anyway, going way back. Okay. That's probably why you did that. Yeah. But For me, I would just sing. If anything, I would play air guitar or whatever. Okay. My two rules, yellow radio and hairbrush singing. So here we go. My number five, Southern Cross. Ah. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, September 1982. Wow. Okay. Okay. Do I remember singing along with this? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Now, I was turning 16 when this song came out, so I was a little older, and My tastes were changing in music a little bit. I was starting to get into more rock as opposed to soft rock, as we called it back then. Right. But this song, when I heard it on the radio, I couldn't help myself. I would sing along, and each time it would come on, I would pick a different harmony to sing. Because you have to try them all out to see (laughs) which one you like the best. Well, that's the fun of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, right? Yeah. And I just would sing along and just dream about traveling the world. Oh, wow. You know, I have been around the world. You know, when you mm-hmm. see their Southern Cross for the first time, mm-hmm. all that that good stuff. And it just it just made me feel very adventurous. And I, I just loved it, loved it, loved it. Now, the song itself, it only made number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, for especially you know, for that time when it came out, 1982. Yeah. I mean, think about what was popular in 1982. That was a very mellow song to yeah. crack the, the top 20 of the pop chart. Okay, so, I'll take it. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. Thank you. What's your number five? Number five for me, Olivia Newton-John, Magic. Now, here's the thing. Is it a traditional Yacht Rock song? It does qualify. It averages 50. It's right on the cusp. Oh, cusp. I wanted to have at least one female artist in my top five. Who didn't love Olivia? Who doesn't still love Olivia Newton-John? Right. Anybody who saw Grease when they were a kid, you know, any boy had a crush on her, Mm -hmm. even though she was way older. Doesn't matter. She was 29 when she was cast in Grease. And she almost didn't take the role because uh, she thought she couldn't pull off playing a teenager at 29. But then she met John Travolta and they had really good chemistry. And so she went for it. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I I think this is a great song. I don't have the same kind of connection to it as, say, Physical. Okay. That came out a year after this. Okay. But this is one that we've actually heard on Yacht Rock Radio. And Physical, I don't think qualifies as Yacht Rock. But anyway, so it averaged 50 with the Yacht Rock guys. The song spent four weeks at number one. Okay. So this was a pop hit, too. And it it has spent, I think, five weeks on the adult contemporary uh, number one spot. So, I mean, this was a big song for her. Yeah. And then Physical was an even bigger song that, you know, the year later. Yeah. Um, According to songfacts.com, this is very interesting. It's the only song with magic in the title to hit number one on the Hot 100. The two that came closest, Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary, and Magic Stick by 50 Cent, which each uh, hit number two. That was what I saw on Song Facts. Don't hold me to that. (laughs) Another interesting thing about Olivia Newton-John that I found that uh, I never knew, her maternal grandfather was German physicist Max Born, 
who won the Nobel Prize in 1954 for his work with quantum mechanics. Stop it. That's so cool. Isn't that amazing? Who knew? Wow. Yeah. So, Olivia Newton-John, magic, my number five. Awesome. Number four for you, madam. Number four for me is a song written and recorded by Robert John and released in April 1979. Sad eyes. How'd you know? Robert John. Come on. It debuted May 19th on the Billboard Hot 100, reached the top of the chart on October 6th. Do you know who did backup vocals? Peter Cetera? Nope. Don Henley? Nope. Leo Sayer? Nope. All right, who? Darlene Love. Oh, I never would have got that. <laughs> no, I never would have got that because I know who that is. Yeah. But for some reason, I, I thought her. it was. I thought it was. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> awesome. I thought it was a guy. Oh, there were other guys listed, but I saw her name and went, ooh, okay. I'm writing that down. She was probably the only famous person. I right? think so. Okay. Yeah. So Sad Eyes was just one of a few non disco or disco influenced tunes to top the 1979 pop chart. It ended the six-week reign of the biggest smash hit of the year. 1979, 1979, 1979. You're not going to get it. I'm going in. I'm just going Go in it. and doing it. Go for it. My Sharona? My Sharona. Yeah, so My Sharona came in for six weeks straight, biggest hit of the year, and then Sad Eyes knocked it out. Wow. Can you believe that? I can't because it's not nearly as good of a song as My (gasps) Sharona. It's a good song, but it's, you know, My Sharona. Come on. I mean, My Sharona is awesome. And that is one of my favorite songs. So my connection to this song is I was, let's see, April 1979. So I was 12 and a half. (laughs) I was finishing seventh grade. I just loved the drama of it. It was just so sad and so romantic and... I would sing along with that, with my hairbrush, not with my hairbrush. Sometimes I would just sit on my bed and just (laughs) sing to nobody there, picking a harmony, of course, every different time, because you have to find which harmony you like the best. I love it. Now, as I'm finishing seventh grade, I, I realized that I had already done my first school musical. Okay. Okay. So I had actually had a solo. But I was still really shy about singing. Uh Plus, mind you, my door was closed. There was two doors into the room. I had them closed when I was in there listening to music if I was singing because I didn't want to disturb anybody. So I would sing along and sing along. And I remember my mom saying to me, oh, I heard you singing, honey. It was beautiful. Oh, no. And I was- And that shut you down, didn't it? Mortified. Oh, come on. I was so embarrassed. And I was like- mom because when moms say nice things to their kids which moms do Mm -hmm. you know it's just embarrassing it didn't stop me from singing along with stuff right but i i remember it was that song particularly i must have chosen a particularly pleasing harmony so that's my number four sad eyes what's yours number four for me christopher cross ride like the wind Ooh. The average with the Yacht Rock guys, 93.75. Wow, that's an A+. This song spent four weeks at number two. According to songfacts.com, Christopher Cross was on acid when he wrote the lyrics. He admitted to, He admitted that. Who would have thought that Christopher Cross did acid? He doesn't yeah. look like somebody who ever would have done acid. Right, exactly. Michael McDonald, of course, does background vocals. And mm-hmm. The way they hooked up was Christopher Cross's producer worked with Michael McDonald when he did some work with Steely Dan. I just love this song. I think it's, as far as Yacht Rock songs go, it's one of the more rocking ones. It's got some cool guitar work. Da, 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 da. That's all we're going to do so we okay. don't get sued. That's right. Um, Acid. I think we can do that, actually. Wow. I think we're allowed to. We're not allowed to play the original okay, song, but, but I think could, we could probably we sing poorly. Blurb. Okay. 
cool. and not get sued. Cool. I'm actually surprised it's number four and not higher, but only because there's other songs that I liked more. It's a great one, though. Number three. Number three for me is a song called Reminiscing. Ah, Little River Band. Little River Band. In 1978, I was sixth grade. So I remember when I heard this song just thinking it was the most interesting song I had ever heard because I had nothing to reminisce about because <laughs> I was 11. Right, you're a kid. Right, you? right. So I remember thinking, this is really a song for old people. When we're old, we'll go walking through the park, dancing in the dark and reminiscing. And I just remember thinking, oh, I'm never going to be that old that I would go walking in the park and dancing in the dark and reminiscing. And now what do I love to do the most? Like reminisce. Which we're doing right now exactly. with this podcast, which is very funny. Exactly. But I also do remember um, they mentioned the Glenn Miller Band. Mm -hmm. And I remember knowing who the Glenn Miller Band was. At 11? Yeah. Good and for you. feeling very smart because of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I am so smart. Like, I know what they're referencing when they're talking about the Glenn Miller Band. That's the String of Pearls guy. I definitely knew about Glenn Miller Band by the time I was a teenager. Yeah. Good for you. Number three on my list, because I could not comprehend the concept of it, reminiscing. <laughs> it's a great song, too, though. Thank you. Little River Band, uh, I think, is a staple. The Yacht Rock guys don't think so. Crazy. I think they're a staple of this format, this genre. Yeah, I agree. Uh, those harmonies, I mean, they and they have a lot of really good songs, too. And the harmonies are great. Yeah. So. Number three for me, Never Too Much, Luther Vandross. Oh, wait a minute. Averaging 54.75 <gasps> on their list. Squeaking in. Actually, a little higher than uh, Olivia Newton-John. So, wow, I don't yeah. think of Luther as Yacht Rock. He's not. He's more R&B. Yeah. In fact, the song only peaked at 33 on the pop chart, but it spent two weeks at number one on the R&B chart. Great song. It was his first hit. He started out as a backup singer. In the 70s, he worked as a, a backup singer for Roberta Flack and some other people. In fact, he worked on David Bowie's Young Americans. Oh, that's right. And he was also a very successful advertising jingle singer at that oh, time. Oh, cool. Wow. Roberta Flack encouraged him to step out in front because she thought he was way too talented to be in the background. Thank you, Roberta. She thought he was yeah. too comfortable in his career mm -hmm. doing that. Hands down, one of the top voices ever, in my opinion. Amazing. Uh, I was blessed to have seen him live, I don't know, maybe five to 10 years before he passed away. And what an amazing voice. And just the showman and very few singers really make you understand that their voice is their instrument the way he could. Mm -hmm. So just a, a tremendous talent. Never too much. One of his best songs about somebody who loves somebody else so much that they can't think about anything else. And I can relate to that sometimes. I'm trying to think of how it goes. A thousand kisses from you is never too much. Got it. I thought so, yeah. the name of the song was A Thousand Kisses. No, okay. never too much. Okay. What's uh, number two for you? Number two for me is the song On and On, May 1977, Stephen, Stephen Bishop. Bishop. Yeah. Wow. I'm so, kind of really surprised by your list. I, like not not like judgmentally. I told you you would be. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You're you're kind of not really sticking with any of the real staples, which I kind of like. I'm not. I am. <laughs> well, except for uh Luther and um Olivia. Well, but you know. The next couple are going to be staples. Yeah, so On and On peaked at number 11 on the US Billboard Hot 100 and it spent 28 weeks on the chart. On the U.S. Easy Listening chart, it peaked at number two. It never really cracked the top 10, but 
It was the 30th ranked single on the Billboard magazine year-end chart for 1977. But that's not why I chose it. May 1977. I was 10 and a half. (laughs) I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Okay, fifth grade, I can remember the horrible haircut I had. I was attempting somewhere between Dorothy Hamill and Tony Tennille. It came out like a bowl cut. It was just horrible. Oh, no. But I still thought I was pretty cute. So this song. I'm sure you were. (laughs) So this song would come on on my yellow radio Mm -hmm. and I would listen to it. The lyrics, just like I thought were so cool when I sang along. The fact that he says, take him from the fire into the frying pan. I'm 10, okay? (laughs) And I'm thinking, wait, I know what that means. Do you know why I knew what that meant? No. Conjunction Junction in Schoolhouse Rock. Yep. So there I was again, feeling clever. You can see there's a theme here. Oh, yeah. I'm singing along. I know what it means to go from the fryer into the frying pan. Then the line, he takes a ladder. Steals the stars from the skies, puts on Sinatra and starts to cry. I was sitting there in my room, singing into my hairbrush, and I'm sure tears were shed. I loved the drama of it. I could imagine someone being so upset that they would take a ladder and go up and just steal the stars from the skies. So nobody else could enjoy them. Yeah. Wow. That is pretty pretty heavy. It was just so romantic. Now, the other thing is... Think back to this time. 1977? 1977. That was right around the time that I discovered Kiss. Okay. Well, in 1977, (laughs) if I heard a song on the radio, I would only hear it on the radio. Right. I didn't have my own records or anything. I was 10. Right. I did not have a cassette of anything. I didn't have a CD of anything because they didn't exist. And you sure couldn't look it up on the computer because that didn't exist. That's right. So when the song came on, I would just sing along whatever I thought the lyrics were. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So the storytelling of this is so great. Down in Jamaica, they got lots of pretty women. Steal your money, then they break your heart. Love so soon she's in love with old Sam. Take him from the fire to the frying pan. That's what I thought it was. Oh, that's not the actual lyric. No. It wasn't love so soon she's in love with old Sam. I didn't know until two days ago when I looked up the (laughs) lyrics to read them. Down in Jamaica, they got lots of pretty women. Steal your money, then they break your heart. Lonesome Sue, she's in love with old Sam. Oh, my God. It's a song about a Sue. And you didn't pick up on that? I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I've gone decades of my life thinking there's no songs for Sue except that dang runaround Sue. Oh, man, I'm so sad for you. It's amazing what you can do with lyrics nowadays that we couldn't do when we were 10. Yeah. Yeah, you can look them up now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love? What? How much of a connection you have to these songs. You sat in your room. It was almost like you were in a movie or something. Absolutely. I was acting them out. Music to me at that age was just like something I had on in the background that I maybe sang along to or bopped to or whatever and I mm-hmm. liked, but I, I it was nothing that I took that seriously. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like until years later when I became a teenager that I really read the liner notes and really looked forward to buying a new album and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I took my drama very seriously. Yeah, you did. Ten years old, fifth grade. Singing into a hairbrush and crying your eyes out. Yep. Anybody who doesn't really know about, you know, my family, I'm the youngest of my family. My brother and my sister are 10 and 12 years older than me. Do the math. I'm 10. 
Mm-hmm. They're 20 and 22. They're not around a lot. Right. I had a lot of alone time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as a kid. I was one of the original latchkey kids. You yeah. know, let myself in after school, get a snack, start your homework, whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, put on the radio. Yeah. And actually, if no one was home, because both my parents worked, I would sing to anybody who would listen in the house. The cats, the dog. <laughs> They didn't have a choice. What are they going to no. do? No. And this is one that I loved. I loved acting this one out. I love it. So that's number two for me. What's your number two? Number two for me, Rosanna oh, by Toto. Interesting. Averaged uh, 95.75 by the Yacht Rock guys. Spent five weeks at number two. Uh, won a Grammy Award for Record of the Year and helped the album that it came from, Toto 4, win Album of the Year. Actress Rosanna Arquette was the inspiration for the title of the song. The song is actually not about her. And in the video for the song, Cynthia Rhodes plays the sort of role of Rosanna. Cynthia Rhodes from Dirty Dancing and and Runaway Runaway, and formerly married to Richard Marks, who's done a lot of stuff with the guys from Toto. So maybe that's the connection. Okay. I always recommend if you're going to really enjoy Rosanna by Toto, you got to make sure you're listening to the full version because most of the time on the radio, the version they play, they usually fade out of it or cut out of it before it gets to the last 30 seconds to a minute of the song on the album. Mm Mm-hmm. Steve Lukather, who's the lead guitar player in Toto, does some amazing guitar work on the outro of this song on the long version. Rosanna's number two for you. That is very interesting. I can only wonder what's your number one. It's a great song. It is. I know you love it. Yeah. All right. What do you got for number one? Number one, a song from 1976. It was a top 10 hit by the group Firefall, You Are the Woman. Ah. Okay. I can see you're getting verklempt. I am. I am. I am. Well, what I read about it, it's distinguished by the performance on flute of Firefall member David Muse. And I just thought, flute, a flute solo. It's like... (laughs) Only in a Yacht Rock song, right? Right, right. Or Jethro Tull. Yeah. Yeah. So 1976, let's go back in time a little. Sure. Okay. August of 1976, I was nine and a half. I had just finished fourth grade. It's the summer between fourth and fifth grade for me. It was the bicentennial. Ah, uh, I remember the bicentennial very vividly. Remember? I don't have a lot of memories of childhood. Who could forget that? It was huge. We had a bicentennial parade in town. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, with the school, we got to march in it. We the, had to dress in red, white, and blue. It was just the, the bicentennial quarters. Quarters. It was such a fun, fun time. Now, the thing about fourth grade for me was I kind of discovered that the boys in my class weren't really that icky. (laughs) And I started developing some crushes on boys right around fourth grade. So this was a very interesting time of my life. Nine and a half, serious crushes. Of course, I wouldn't say a word to anybody. I was way too mortified, way too mortified. But this song would come on. You are the woman that I've always dreamed of. I knew it from the start. I saw your face and that's the last I've seen of my heart. I couldn't even hold a hairbrush. I was so like welled up with emotions. <laughs> I would just put it on and I would just dream that one day there would be a man who would sing this song to me. You are the woman that I always dreamed of. <laughs> That's not what you had in mind though. Right? No, no. I sing this to you sometimes. Well, I know. You know, sort of jokingly. Mm-hmm. Well, not jo- I mean, you are the woman that I've always dreamed of. Oh, shucks. And I knew it from the start. Oh, shucks. So... I find it interesting that I have two two of my well one of my songs is nostalgic mm-hmm. reminiscing I have you know Southern Cross with the soaring I want to travel the world mm-hmm. but two of my songs are really sad yeah 
as I got older, I tended to dramatize romance and like, oh, there must be so much heartache. These guys are just singing their hearts out and they're so sad. And this song is just nothing but positive and wonderful and beautiful. I still, when I hear it, I'm transported right back Mm -hmm. to my yellow and blue room and I can see the radio and I can... I can feel myself even thinking again, like all of a sudden I'm nine and a half again. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how wonderful would it be to have somebody who feels that way about me? Like I couldn't comprehend that. When you were nine and a half. I was nine and a half. Now I can though, honey, because I have you. Oh. And it's just the most heartwarming thing. And besides, now when it comes on the radio and you act it out for me... (laughs) Including the, uh, it's the last I've seen of my heart and you act like you can't find your heart anywhere. I mean, come on. <laughs> I do that to make you laugh. I, know. I love to make you laugh. So <laughs> I live for that. So that's my number one. Well, it's, I can't argue with it. It's, okay. a great, it's a great song. Thank you. Number one for me, This Is It, Kenny Loggins. Oh, okay. Averaged 98.25 mm-hmm. by the Yacht Rock guys. Peaked at number 11 on the pop chart. Won a Grammy in 1981 for Best Male Pop Vocal. It's co-written with Michael McDonald, one of the other godfathers of Yacht Rock. He also uh, sings background on it and plays keyboards. And they ended up writing What a Fool Believes together, too. Mm -hmm. So these guys have a a real history of working together. When I put my top five together... I was trying not to have just a ton of stuff with Michael McDonald in right, it because right, like, right. he's been involved in so many big Yacht Rock songs, mm-hmm. whether it's Solo, Doobie Brothers, working with Kenny Loggins. He's on the Christopher Cross song, probably others too. And it was unavoidable. I love This Is It, a song that a lot of people misinterpreted as a, as a love song. When they were writing it originally, they started writing as a love song and, and it, it just didn't work as a love song. It just felt kind of mm-hmm. lame. So they kind of mm-hmm. tossed that idea. And then what ended up happening was that Kenny Loggins' dad had some heart problems and he went into the hospital and he was kind of talking about giving up. Like he was sort of feeling like he wasn't going to make it. And oh. Kenny Loggins got mad. He's like, dad, you know, it's up to you. You can really determine what's going to happen here. This is it. You got to fight for your life. And that was sort of the impetus for the song. That I mean, is so it, cool. Great song. Uh-huh. Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald together sound great. Mm-hmm. I love his voice. Mm. And he and he delivers a, a fantastic vocal performance yeah. on his song. So that's why I chose it for my that, number one. That's an awesome choice. That's a great choice. He has a ton of great songs. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's really, he's an amazing writer. Just incredible. <laughs> All right. So um, that's our top five. Let's uh, dive into the songs that almost made the list. Almost. What do you got? My top five list, you know, it started out with around 17 songs on it. <laughs> then I got it down to 10. <laughs> Then I was down to, you know, eight mm-hmm. and I got it down to seven and I just put it away for a couple of days because I needed to sort <laughs> my thoughts. So up until a few hours ago, it was six songs. And this song I hated taking off the list, but I knew it had to be top five. Mm-hmm. So my closest call to the number five is another Kenny Loggins song. They called it his first major solo hit, but... Stevie Nicks sang with him, uncredited. Ah. So, Whenever I Call You Friend, July 1978. Wait a minute, uncredited? Mm-hmm. She's not credited on it. Get out of here. I'm out. I'm way out. Wow. Even now? Uh, no, now I've seen like Kenny Loggins and Stevie Nicks, Whenever I Call You Friend, on things. Maybe on YouTube or something, but huh. when it came out, they didn't put her name on it, so they called it his first major solo hit. Wow, that's it, totally a duet. It, that's not I even know. close to being a solo hit. Nothing against Kenny Loggins. I like, you know, I mean, having a, a blockbuster special guest on a song like that yeah. is not a bad thing. Yeah. I don't think Kenny Loggins was calling that a solo song. Right, right. That's, yeah. Isn't that weird? Very weird. Yeah, yeah. but... 
I mean, I loved the song. Oh, I was, yeah. you know, 11 when it came out. Mm-hmm. This takes me back to riding in my sister's car. We'd be going up to my brother's lake house. It would come on the radio and we would sing along with it. And being as there was two of us and two parts of the song, she'd call out, you go low, I'll go high. Or mm-hmm. you go, you go high, I'll go low. Mm-hmm. And we would, you know, sing the parts and just driving up Route 23 at 11 yeah. in my sister's car feeling very cool. Oh, yeah. No mom and dad around. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. That's a great memory. Yeah, so that was hard. That was hard to knock that off the list, but... All right, what else you got? Okay. Other close calls for me, I have Just Remember I Love You. Okay, another Firefall song. Another Firefall song, definitely. Also good. Not as good as uh, You Are the Woman, though. Yeah, I have Lido Shuffle. Okay. I have that, too, on my uh, Just Miss. Okay. I have Summer Breeze, Seals and Ah. Cross. I mean... R.I.P. Jim Seals. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I mean, blowing through the jasmine in my mind. Oh. Come on. Yeah. And then like the harmonies oh, on that. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And another close call, I have to admit, because I love the song, mm-hmm. is Africa by Toto. I like Africa too. Yeah. I know you like Rosanna better, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. I just remember singing along with the harmonies. I remember not knowing the words. And singing, you know, I Miss the Rains Down in Africa, just like everybody did. Everybody mm-hmm. sang that. I actually had seen a meme at some point when right. a meme started, and it was Dorothy and Toto. And Dorothy says, I miss Kansas. And Toto says, I miss the rains down in Africa. Right. Turns out it was Bless. Right. Who knew? Yep. Who knew? And then my other, of course, misheard major lyric. misheard lyric was, A Million Men on Mars Would Never Do. <laughs> Was Why? that yours or, or Karen's? No, that was me. Oh, okay. That was all me. Why yeah. they were on Mars, I don't know. <laughs> and it was actually Tommy who said that it's a million men or more. And I was like, okay, sorry about that. <laughs> You're probably not the only one who misheard I that. I didn't have lyrics back then available. <laughs> they might have on the liner notes. But yeah. Some of the songs I have on my runner-up list, Escape mm-hmm. the Pina Colada Song by Rupert mm-hmm. Holmes, which shockingly the Yacht Rock guys do not even rank as Yacht Rock. I mean, <sighs> come on. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I mean, the biggest part of me, Ambrosia. Oh, that's on my runner-up. Yep. Yeah, that almost made my top five, believe yeah. it or not. Michael McDonald's Sweet Freedom, one of his solo hits from the movie Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Okay. Doobie Brothers, Taking It to the Streets. Mm. That's one of my favorite Doobie Brothers yeah. songs. That yeah. probably could have made the top five for me. But again, I was trying not to have every song be a Michael McDonald vehicle. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's why that didn't make it. But I love, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. <laughs> Pablo Cruz, What You Gonna Do? Yes. And uh, Orleans, Still the One. Ah, yes. Dance With Me is also great. Yes, those are on my runner-up list, the Orleans song. Also not considered Yacht Rock by these I dudes. Know. That's just ridiculous. What the heck? Come on. What else do you have? I also had After the Love is Gone, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, okay. That came up on a list somewhere. Huh. I saw it somewhere. I, I, would, I would, that's fine. I always thought it was a very cool song. Did you know that that song... When it was written, it was originally offered to Hall & Oates, and they said, no, thank you. We only do songs that we write. I mean, I, it could have worked as a Hall & Oates, I guess. Uh, other runners-up for me are, and again, some people may say, well, they're Nyat Rock. Sister Golden Hair Oh yeah. America. Come Heck on, yeah. love that song. Yep. Dancing in the Moonlight, King Harvest. Okay. Eye in the Sky, the Alan Parsons Project. Mm-hmm. Just When I Needed You Most, Randy oh. Van Warmer. Oh, wow. <laughs> again, heartbreaking, but. You definitely go a lot deeper. I like it. <laughs> Sentimental Lady, Bob Welch. Bob Welch, yeah, yeah, we've heard that. Yeah, I had Brandy. Looking Glass. Yes. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've played that on Yacht Rock Radio. They play it a lot. They yeah. play it a lot. Now, it doesn't conform to my rules. 
So that's why it didn't make my top five. Ah, okay. I do have fond memories of this song because the very first time I was ever brave enough to get up and do karaoke in public when mm-hmm. we were down in Virginia on vacation, somebody else did this and we were all just singing along with it. And I was like, this is such a great song. Yeah. And I started really appreciating it then. Sure. And then the final song that made my runners up list. And again, there's a bit of controversy <laughs> around the artist. And even if you go to Channel 101, you will you can see them. They made a video about him, kind of making fun of him and everything. Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett, to me, should qualify for Yacht Rock. I mean, the guy, all he, his whole lifestyle is like is, beach and yeah, sailing. Yachting and, yeah. and sailing and everything. So the song that is my favorite of Jimmy Buffett's is Cheeseburger in Paradise. Yeah. Now, this song, you've heard, you've heard a lot about me. And about my sister in this podcast. And now I have to tell you a little something about my brother. My brother, 12 years older than me, coolest guy ever. Best big brother. Because still. because he would hang out with me. He didn't care I was 12 years younger. Yeah. We would still do stuff and yeah. everything. I kind of played piano. I had taken lessons and he played guitar. So we would sit on the piano bench with the Jimmy Buffett songbook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I would plunk out Cheeseburger in Paradise and he would play the chords and we would sing at the top of our lungs. <laughs> That's a fun one. That's probably a really good one for you to sing at it the top of your so lungs. It was so fun. Too. So, yeah. you know, and then when it got to the part and, you know, mom was probably around somewhere. Maybe she was, you know, making dinner or just in the other room. Mm-hmm. But we'd get to the I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Mm-hmm. You know, good God almighty, which way do I steer? Yeah. And as soon as we did that, my mother's voice didn't matter if it was the first time we sang the song or mm-hmm. the 50th. You'd hear my mother's voice in the other room going, saying, don't say good God almighty. <laughs> we would just crack up and keep going. Yeah. So one of my all-time favorite memories as a kid with my brother at the piano with him on guitar and that's, the two of us just singing, howling away. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yacht or yacht doesn't matter to me. I think that's a Yacht Rock song, personally. Thank you. For all the reasons that these guys label things Yacht Rock. Maybe it's because Jimmy Buffett is associated with Florida and they're saying it's all about Southern California. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's an East West thing, but I don't know. Well, it's definitely a fun genre. There are so many other songs that we could name mm-hmm. that are great that we've heard on Yacht Rock Radio. Mm-hmm. I love that you have such a personal connection to the songs, too. I don't. You know, I mean, I love these songs. There's other songs and other genres that I feel more connected to mm-hmm. on a personal level because they were really big to me when I was growing up mm-hmm. as a teenager and things like that. But it does bring you back. It does. Well, I really appreciate you doing this episode with me. <laughs> Thanks. And I'm looking forward to recording the next one with so you. So much fun. And thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. The Ranking Things Podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet and corporate video, e-learning, phone message, and more. Remember, we want to know what you think, too. You can email us, rankingpodcast at yahoo.com, or tweet at Jason Davis Voice. I'm Jason Davis. I'm Sue Manzik Davis. Thanks so much much for listening to the Ranking Things Podcast.